Hello, my name's Lois, and what Sodji and Agnes failed to tell you was Anaya's middle name. Sodji, Agnes, what is Anaya's middle name? It's Lois. I am the Lois that Anaya is named after. Pleasure to meet you all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anaya, we're going to be besties forever because we've got the same name. It's so good to see you all. Um, welcome to all our visitors as well. It's really good to have you with us today. Um, I would love to know your answers to the question that was on the screen. We've had a lot of rainy days recently, so what is your favourite rainy day activity? Shout them out if you want to. PlayStation, good one. Netflix, nice. Was that knitting? Yeah, knitting from V. Walking in the rain, reading. Football. Any TV? Oh, sleeping. Oh, yes, Joy. Bit of sleeping. Anything else? Buying an umbrella is a great shout. That's like common sense. So we all know, Dad, that I lack common sense. Um, one of mine, I don't know if this is anyone else's, I'm really hoping I'm not on my own. One of my favourite rainy day activities is a jigsaw. I absolutely love a jigsaw. Does anyone else love doing a jigsaw? Tell me I'm not on my own. I've got some friends at the back. I've got some friends over here. Yes. So if anyone wants to start a little jigsaw club, jigsaw swap shop, I'm all right with that. I've got plenty in the bag. I love a jigsaw. I got into it um, in lockdown because there was nothing better to do with uh, life. And then it really helped me when I actually had COVID and had nothing to do. I did a jigsaw. I've not done one for a while, but just uh, last week, my three-year-old niece came over for the day to hang out and um, she walked in and said, what should we play? And so she looked at the shelves that we've got with lots of games on and she said, let's play a game, Auntie Lois. So I was looking at the games thinking, Scrabble's a bit beyond you. Monopoly is a bit beyond you. All of these are a bit beyond you, but I have got a jigsaw. So out comes a snowman jigsaw. Now, does anyone think it's too early to be doing like a Christmas jigsaw? Yeah, oh, dividing the crowds. I don't know who my friends are anymore. Okay, well, I just looked at her and thought, listen, you're three. You don't even know when Christmas is. Let's do the Christmas jigsaw. So we do this um, snowman jigsaw, and I'm thinking to myself, this is lovely, this. We've got a bond. I'm going to make her, like, this is going to be our thing. We're going to do jigsaws together. About three pieces in, honestly, she completely lost interest. And I realized that I was, as a 29-year-old woman, doing a 48-piece jigsaw all on my own. But that's all right. I was committed to it. And then the worst thing that could happen to jigsaw lovers happened. We emptied the box. We'd finished it. And this is what it looked like. Oh... Jigsaw lovers will know a missing piece is like so annoying. Why on earth am I telling you about the missing piece of a jigsaw, you might be asking. Honestly, I'm asking the same question, so let me just think. Um, no, it is relevant and we are going to get there. Last week, um, you may or may not have been with us, but Steve started off a new series of talks that we're going to um, share together for the next seven weeks. And for this seven weeks, we're going to hang out in one verse in the Bible. Now, when I was young and we were at FDK or 
kids' school or Sunday school, we would often have a memory verse. So what we can do is we can think of this verse as our memory verse. We've got seven weeks to learn this verse, commit it to memory, because we are going to be talking about it every day. We will um, read it in just a moment, but before we do, let me just set some context. Because here at Foundry Community Church, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. And we believe that the Holy Spirit, when we let him into our lives, he changes us. He changes our community. He changes the atmosphere around us. What the Holy Spirit does when we give him permission is he takes what's bad in us and he lets it go. And he takes what's good in us and he enhances it and he makes it better by giving us these certain characteristics certain traits, certain skills, and often these are referred to in the Bible as the fruit of the Spirit. This is what the Bible says about it in Galatians 5 verse 22. So this is our verse that we're going to read every week for the next seven weeks. We are going to um, find out about it, learn it, and commit it to memory. It says this, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what we will do is we will take each one of those characteristics or fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to look at how can we experience more of that, and how can we use it to help our community, to help the people around us. Now, I know it would make sense to start at the very beginning and start in love, and then do joy and peace, but I've never been one for following rules, so we're not going to do that. Because uh, Sean did such a good job of talking about love and joy over summer that if you want to find out about love and joy, who am I to rewrite his message? Go on YouTube, watch them. Love ticked off, joy ticked off. So today we are talking about peace. And as we seek to understand um, how we can experience more peace and how we can let that peace affect our community, we need to start by looking at what peace is. Now, if I went onto the streets of Widnes, or if I did a quick survey in here, I'm sure that there would be lots of different um, understandings of what peace is. There would probably be peace that people that think of world peace. There'd probably be think people that think of like peace as a vibe. There'd probably be think people that think of an inner peace, an inner serenity. There'd probably be people like Agnes and Soji who think of peace being when Anaya goes to bed and the house is quiet. All the parents say, Amen. And then we have what the Bible says about peace. And peace, if it was translated from the Hebrew, the word for peace would be shalom. And shalom means meaning to be in a state of wholeness and completeness without any deficiency or lack. You see, what true peace looks like is that completed jigsaw where all the pieces are in place at the right time, in the right image. But what we have... Um, oftentimes is without peace, the image that we see is fractured and incomplete. We have missing pieces in our relationships with each other. We have a missing piece about the future. But what true peace is, is wholeness, completeness, where all of the pieces are working in harmony. And the Holy Spirit, he wants us to experience that peace, that shalom, shalom peace, because what God does is, through his Holy Spirit, he takes what's broken and he puts it back together. He takes what is incomplete and he makes it whole. And today what we're going to do is, we're going to zoom in on two ways that the Holy Spirit produces peace 
in order to make us whole, in order to put us back together. So if you're taking notes, here's like just the one thing that I want to leave you with today. It's this, the Holy Spirit produces in us a peace with each other and a peace within our problems. The Holy Spirit produces peace with each other and peace within our problems. This isn't a new issue at all, but I feel like it's been amplified really like tenfold over the last few months and years, is that whenever you turn on the TV or watch the news or scroll through social media, I feel like all I see is people at conflict with each other. Wherever we look, there's headlines about people who are at war with each other, whether that's on an international scale with countries at war with each other, whether that's a domestic um, level where people are conflicting with each other, where there's tension, where there's racial tension, whether that's on a family level where, people, where marriages are falling apart and families are estranged from each other because of tension, because of fallout, or whether it's friends or workplaces that are just disbanding because of constant tension and conflict, it's like the world has forgotten how to be at peace with each other. It's like we've gotten so good and so used to being known for what we're against, that we are against that and we are against that, that we don't know what we're for anymore. We don't know how to be for each other. We don't know how to be on each other's side. We don't know how to live in harmony with each other. But the Bible says this in Romans 12 verse 18. It says, if it's possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And I love this verse because what it acknowledges is that we can't control other people's actions or words or choices or attitudes. But as far as possible, we can choose our own. We can consciously make an effort for us to live in peace with other people. It says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, I was told at some point in my life, um, and I don't know quite how much I believe in this, but they said to me, do you know, Lois, here's some life wisdom for you. Um, In life, in most partnerships, whether that's family or staff teams, there's two kinds of people. There's peacemakers and there's peacetakers. And if you don't know which one you are, you're a peacetaker. I don't know if they were trying to get at something to me because I was like, I don't know which one I am and I don't know whose it is. But it made me think about something. It really made me think about, in my family, am I a peacetaker or am I a peacemaker? When I'm with my friends, am I a peacetaker or am I a peacemaker? Is my role here in this Foundry Community Church, is it as a peacetaker or am I a peacemaker? What does my community know me for? And then I had to ask, like, but what is a peacetaker? Because I don't consciously go around taking peace away. But let me summarise what I think a peacetaker kind of looks like. You know, first of all, the people that you feel drained after being with. Where you're like, only a strong cup of tea after that one. Um, you know the people who that complain about everything. They can pick a hole in the best things in life. You know those people. You know people who could start an argument with a brick wall. And you're like, it's a brick wall, it's done nothing to you. How have you possibly started an argument with it? You know, the people and just drama follows them. You know, people who like start question, start sentences with things like, do you know what, if he says one more thing to me, I am going to, I don't know why I've gone very mank. I'm very, very sorry for how that came out of my mouth. It's no reflection of manks. Um, You know, people who just tear people down. 
You know, people who start sentences with, sentences with, have you heard what such and such did? These people are peace takers. They're taking away peace with each other. These are peace takers, but the Bible calls us, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, he calls us to be peacemakers. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know, if you love Jesus in here today, if you consider yourself a child of God, which, by the way, you are, we are called to be peacemakers. And so knowing what a peacetaker looks like, what does it look like to be a peacemaker? A peacemaker looks like someone who is quick to listen and slow to answer back. A peacemaker looks like someone who's quick to forgive and slow to judge. A peacemaker looks like someone who's quick to build bridges. A peacemaker looks like someone who is quick to silence gossip and to just say, I don't want to get involved with that conversation. A peacemaker is someone who is quick to encourage and build each other up. A peacemaker is someone who is quick to admit when they're wrong. And honestly, that's something I really struggle with. But a peacemaker is good or tries to be good at just saying, yeah, do you know what? I got it wrong that time. I'll hold my hands up. A peacemaker is someone who is quick to accept other people's point of view, even if we don't agree with them. And the danger is we can believe that being a peacemaker means that we've got to be best friends with everyone and we've got to be on the same page about everything. We've got to believe the same thing. We've got to like talk the same talk, walk the same walk. We've got to be just replicas of each other. That's not what being a peacemaker is. Being a peacemaker is saying, um, you, we think a little bit differently, me and you, but I'm all right with living in the tension of that and having the grace to accept it, and talking about it. That's what being a peacemaker looks like. The Bible says, and this was my translation, in 2 Corinthians uh, 13, 11, I think this was from the NLT, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. But as I often do, I like to just put my own translation on that. And if this was the Lois Tamina version, the LTV, that would say, friends, I close my letter with these last words, cheer up, grow up, and build up. Amen. Because that is what it's saying. It's saying, friends, be joyful. Look for the joy. It's saying grow to maturity. It's saying that being a peacemaker involves us growing up a little bit. It, means it says encourage each other, like let's build each other up with our words because that is what it looks like to live in harmony and peace. And then the God of love and peace will be with you. That's how to be a peacemaker. And the Holy Spirit, it produces that kind of peace within us. And do you know what I think our community needs in this world and in this day and age? More peacemakers. Do you know what I think Foundry Community Church needs? A group of peacemakers. Do you know what I think marriages and families need? Peacemakers. Do you know what I think little children like Anaya need? More peacemakers. And the good news is, if being a peacemaker doesn't come naturally to you, or if you know that actually, if you, as you've listened to what being a peacetaker looks like, you think, yeah, I am prone to cause intention. I do find that I pick holes in people. I do find that I start arguments with my spouse. I do find that trouble follows me. The good news is, is that the Holy Spirit can help you. He can produce a peace in you, a peace with others. And the Holy Spirit can transform you. 
from being a peacetaker to a peacemaker. And that kind of peace will transform our communities wherever they are. It will transform our families. It will transform society as we choose to be at peace with one another. Secondly, the Holy Spirit also produces a peace within our problems. About 11 or 12 years ago, um, I started having chronic nightmares. And because of things that I'd seen and gone through, every night I would fall asleep and have these nightmares on repeat, where then I would wake up in the early hours, gripped by fear, sweating, having an anxiety attack, and too scared to fall asleep. And then the next night would come, and it would happen again. Then the next night would come, and it would happen again. For a long time, I was stuck in this cycle. Um, And it was dark, and it was um, hard, and it led to sleeplessness, and then tiredness, and then exhaustion, and then me being grouchy, and then me being scared to go to sleep. And it was just a cycle. And one night, as I was going to bed, prepared for another night of nightmares, my phone pinged, and it was a friend who knew that I'd been going through this. And they said this to me. They said, "Um, I'm just going to pray this verse over you tonight. Good night. This was the verse. It's from Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, In peace, <clears throat> in peace I will lie down and sleep, because you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Now, I read that text, and then I found it in my Bible, and if I'm honest, it felt so far removed from my reality that it was too hard to believe in. You know, when you read something and you think... That's, it just feels out of reach. Because if bedtime and nighttime was anything for me, it certainly was not in peace. So I read that verse and was like, I just don't feel like that's for me. I, I can't apply that to my life. It was too difficult to put my trust in. But as a um, result of it being the last resort and I didn't know really what else to do, and as a result of being a bit of a stubborn person, I decided to just read the verse, and repeat the verse. And then I thought, every night, I'll read it again, and I'll repeat it again. So every night, I would just say in my head, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. The next night, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. When I'd wake up from a nightmare, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. And I said it over and over and over again until sometime, somehow, and I don't even remember when it was because it was so subtle, the Holy Spirit clicked something in my brain. And I realized that my mindset had shifted. I realized that what I was doing was I was waiting for God to take away the problems of my nightmares before accepting and experiencing his peace. But actually what the Bible taught me and what the Holy Spirit taught me in the dark of night was that I didn't need to wait for God to take away my problems. His peace was available to me right in the middle of my problem. It taught me this, that peace isn't the absence of problems. It's God's presence within the problem. You see, peace that is available to us as followers of Jesus, peace when we accept the Holy Spirit into our lives, peace is his presence. It is his assurance. It is his company. It is his promises. Peace is his shalom, shalom, completeness and wholeness, a peace that puts things back together, a peace that in the middle of the storm, it means it doesn't mean that you have to wait for your problem to be sorted or dealt with before you can experience his peace. But in the dark of night and in the middle of the problem, his company and his presence means that I can know his peace. That in the middle of this problem, I can hold on to that peace and that peace will keep me safe. And in that peace, I will lie down and know that my God is with me. That is peace. 
Peace is God taking what is broken, putting it back together. Peace is taking what's incomplete and making it whole because of the presence of God. And the good news is today that peace is available to us. We get to invite the Holy Spirit to fill us with that peace. And the Holy Spirit produces um, peace with each other, and he produces a peace within our problems. And this is what the Bible says about that peace in Philippians 4, verse 7. It said, the peace of God, that peace that we have just talked about, it transcends all understanding, and it will guard your hearts, and it will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. What I love about that verse is it, it says to me, this peace is kind of ununderstandable. It's a peace that makes no sense. It's a peace that isn't logical. It's a peace that we can't get from anywhere else but God. It's a peace that will guard your heart. It's a peace that will guard you. It's a peace that will guard your mind. It's a peace that will be with you in the dark of night. It's a peace that will be with you in the middle of your problem and in the middle of your storm. And yes, it surpasses all understanding because sometimes we can't make sense of it. But that peace is a gift from God and it's available to you and it's available to me. I'd love it if we could for a moment um, just respond to that piece. Mandy's going to play in the background. And as I was praying for this message today and just saying, God, is there anything you want me to just leave with people? Is there anything you want to say? Um, he, I felt that the Holy Spirit talked to me about a situation. And I felt that he said, there's someone in here, or maybe one, more than one person, and you haven't been able to listen today because you know that your heart is not at peace with someone and the lack of peace is distracting you that lack of peace with this person is robbing you of joy it's robbing you of peace at night and I believe that God wants to do some healing in this moment because I know that that peace when I accepted it changed my life and we will come up against situations in life that try to steal our peace. And the, de the enemy would love us, would love us to not experience that peace. And I just wonder if someone in here needs to know the peace of God. And a situation with another person, God just wants to heal. And sometimes in these situations, it can lead to reconciliation through difficult conversations. But sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes that's not appropriate. Sometimes that's not safe. But what is possible is God's healing. So as Mandy just plays, I feel that God just wants you to name them just in your head. It doesn't have to be external. This is between you and God. And I pray that as you name that person that you just don't feel at peace with, as you name that person, God just wants to heal you. He wants to take what's broken and he wants to make it new.
as we stand to sing our final song together, um, you can join me in standing if you want to. I'm just going to read that verse over you again. Philippians 4 verse 7. And I just want to pray this over you. I want to pray that the peace of God, which makes no sense, which transcends all understanding, I pray that it would guard your hearts, church. I pray that it would guard your minds. In Christ Jesus.